The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 15th chapter. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen. For all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent, and over these past weeks we have been walking alongside Jesus as he's making his way to Jerusalem and then to the cross. 
So today's reading that we heard from Luke is a familiar one to many, the story of the prodigal son, the story of the return of the wasteful spender and the extravagant younger brother. But if you want to hear more about this story of the younger brother, the older brother, and the father, well, I invite you to come on Wednesday evenings for midweek Lenten worship where over these past weeks we have been using Henry Nouwen's book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, the Rembrandt painting with the same name. You can see it in the narthex as you depart after worship today. That has been shaping our emphasis on Wednesday evenings during the season of Lent. So I invite you to come and be a part of that time together. So the season of Lent calls us, invites us, and challenges us to pause and to repent. It challenges us to turn away from those that are wrong, those things that are sinful, and turn towards reconciliation and forgiveness. During the season of Lent, in other words, we are called and invited and challenged to turn from our wrongdoings and sinful ways and repent and turn to God. It is during this season that we are challenged in so many ways to look in the mirror and take an honest inventory of who we are, of what we like most, and what we like least. We are challenged to not only see what we are becoming, but also what we have failed to become. So today, we are going to look at Psalm 32, one of the seven penitential psalms that acknowledges our wrongdoings and sinful ways and in turn encourages us to turn to God for forgiveness. Now Psalm 32 is not a prayer. It is rather a lesson that the writer tells us about all the torment that he had endured, all the suffering that he had endured while he remained silent, and the forgiveness then that he received when he acknowledged his sin, his wrongdoing to the Lord. Now, outside of our Sunday morning worship service, I would venture to guess that many of us, outside of the confession and forgiveness that we say at the very beginning, don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about our wrongdoings and thinking about our sinful ways. Yet, confession of sin to God is a confession of faith in God. As people of faith, we understand that we are sinners and that God is gracious. Part of our human nature, after all, is that we hurt one another through the things we say and the things we do and those things that we think. We hurt our classmates. We hurt our co-workers. We hurt the stranger. And quite often, we hurt those closest to us 
we hurt those we love. So when one has wronged a spouse, a parent, a child, a friend, a neighbor, someone with whom you have a relationship with and refuses to acknowledge it, to name it, that lack of remorse becomes part of that individual's identity. And it harms, and it hardens, and it minimizes that relationship and pretending that it's not there, that it doesn't exist, doesn't make it go away. So the writer of Psalm 32 is telling you and me today something that mental health professionals have been preaching for years. Do not hold on to your feelings of pain and sadness or it will eat you alive. Do not bury your feelings because the pressure will eventually build up and you will explode like a volcano. And so whether it's pride or sin or depression or pain or sorrow, the psalm writer's release, the psalm writer's freedom comes when he acknowledges what is in his heart and what is on his mind. And in that moment, he is either given or he in some way has found the courage to speak up and to share with those around him, to share with God that which he holds so close. Now screaming one's pain and anger in your car when you're stuck in traffic during rush hour is a really good thing. <laughs> I know, I know, personally I know. But when we express those feelings to one another, and when we recognize that those feelings that we experience are real and valid, that they deserve attention. When we do that, it is in that moment then that restoration, forgiveness, and healing can begin. So express your honest, your authentic, your true feelings to God. Trust me, God can take it. And if need be, reach out to those around you, to a family member, a trusted friend, a pastor, a mental health professional, and know that God is active and present in those conversations too. Because what we hear from the psalmist, from the writer of the psalm, is that you do not have to be alone. You do not have to go at it alone in this life because you're not. You're not alone. God is with you. God is with us. So on this day, let me ask you, what burdens are you carrying today? What thoughts and feelings need your attention? Where do you need to forgive where do you need to be forgiven? Take courage in speaking up, in sharing your feelings, in forgiving, and in being forgiven. 
knowing and trusting that God embraces you in love, in grace, in mercy, and forgiveness every day. Let it be so. Amen.